We're on the sidelines of a recreational soccer league game in Brooklyn's Prospect Park on a sunny Sunday in May. It's 11 on a side. Green team versus purple team. Hey, Teddy! Teddy, show them it. Why don't they the ball in the middle there? Great ball, Matt. Nice job. People are working hard out there, sprinting to the ball, doing their best to win. It's competitive, but it's not crazy competitive. Mainly, they're just enjoying the game and the day. That goalie on the purple team there directing his defense, he is a little more vocal than the other players. And he's someone you might recall from our first season one episode a year ago. So I have like a full spinal fusion in my back. And so there's this podcast that's been following me for like two or three years. What? And so they came to a game today to slowly listen and watch the game. No way. I'm famous, yeah, yeah. Not sure about famous. We did call him Ultimate Mark in that first episode because of his deep attachment to another sport, Ultimate Frisbee, and because of the competitive identity he'd adopted to play Ultimate through a long list of injuries, despite having a fully fused spine from a high school injury. Yeah, so when I first started playing the sport, people would like see me get hurt in the field and they would say, oh no, like he can't go back on. This is horrible, this is horrible, right? Over time, I kind of just developed this persona as the person who will get hurt multiple times per, per game. And it's because, I mean, I just throw my body around when I play. Like I do what I can to win and if it hurts me, but it helps the team, it's worth it in my mind. But now Mark's off the ultimate field and into the soccer goal with a different identity and a different attitude towards both competition and injury. If I got hurt, take a step off the field and be done. This is My Body Odyssey, a show about the rewards and challenges of active lifestyle. I'm Robert Pease. And today we're featuring chapter two of Mark's Odyssey, very different from chapter one. Mark is still a young, highly fit guy in his early 30s who still loves to compete. So how is he able to shed that ultra-competitive identity he brought to the ultimate field for so many years? So the soccer community I play with here, they don't know that persona. Mark also loved the culture of Ultimate Disc. That was one of the things he described most passionately in our first interview four years ago at the Boston Invite Team Disc Tournament. I dare you to find a better community of athletes anywhere in the world than the Ultimate Frisbee community. So how is Mark able to move on from that community? We'll be speaking with two expert guests on these questions. Esther Gokley of the Gokley Method. She's educated thousands of students, including many doctors and PTs, on the importance of posture and balance in avoiding and managing injuries. You know, he's clearly very into his sports, and I happen to be very familiar with these two sports. And Dr. Michelle Corellis of Northwestern University. She's a respected authority on athletic identity and community, both the positives and the negatives. Yes, there's definitely a very significant attachment, an emotional attachment, a physical attachment to the community. A lot to catch up on in the second episode with post-Ultimate Mark. We're especially excited for this episode because we're bringing on a new co-host here who's not new to the show. Brittany Thomas has been reporting and producing for My Body Aussie since last season, doing a great job. And that's why it is such a thrill to have you here as a co-host, Brittany. Hey, Rob. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I know we have a great 
group of stories coming up for the rest of the season. I'm really excited to listen to those and share them. So Brittany, we've got chapter two of Ultimate Mark today. What do you remember about chapter one of Ultimate Mark? Ultimate Mark. Um, He's definitely a man with a fiery love for his sport. I remember he has an incredible pain tolerance and he he likes art as well. He likes to compete in art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it comes to making neon signs. Yeah. So kind of a competitive guy. That's what's so interesting about this episode. Mark has been able to move beyond that a little bit and find a more sustainable approach to sports and competition, which was not an easy thing for him to do. To understand why, let's go back to Mark's childhood years see how important sports have been to him throughout his life, including the first sport Mark played with great intensity. That was not ultimate frisbee. It was soccer. The surprising thing, Brittany, in playing goalie in this rec league, Mark's actually going back to the sport and the position he left behind in high school due to back issues. I grew up in a small town in upstate New York. Not a lot of people kind of places with more more cows than humans. I grew up very competitive. Uh, I had two sisters that were just as competitive as I was, and uh, our parents always pushed us to be you know, the best we could at sports. In Mark's family, you had to do well in school in order to play those sports. Uh, I was a class clown, <laughs> which might be obvious. and uh, But no, I, I, I studied really hard, and, you know, I was like still usually top of the class and things, but very much with a class clown attitude, trying to make really sports were the things I love the most. And I just knew that to play them, I needed to do well in school. So that was kind of the trade-off. But later in high school, Mark developed the scoliosis he described to us in season one. I had like a 12, 13 degree curve, which is like more than average, but it's not that bad. And then when I was in high school, I fractured a vertebrae in my back, kind of below the bad part of my scoliosis. And then things just kind of like started growing super fast, right? So things kind of, so I went from a more straight, not straight-ish spine to, I think I had like a 62 degree curve on the top and like a 55 degree curve on the bottom. That led to a major spinal fusion from the vertebrae T1, basically the top of Mark's back, all the way down to L3, almost at the base of his back. I think there's like 14 or 15 screws in there now, um, fully fused. Uh, you know, it was a six to eight month recovery. I, being the total masochist apparently that I am, after two months, I like begged my parents to drive me to the high school track nearby. And I tried running and I went maybe 20 feet and then collapsed on the track in pain. Soon after that, Mark decided to quit soccer, not so much because he couldn't play, but because he couldn't play nearly as well. So, like, I lost all of that ability. I lost a bunch of my own speed. So playing at the level that I wanted to play at for, you know, collegiate sports just was not an option anymore. And you can imagine, 18 years old, that opened up a real void which he soon filled with the sport of ultimate disc, or frisbee. It was only because of his athletic talent he even had the option of playing ultimate or any high-intensity sport with spinal fusion. 
And at the time, Ultimate seemed less physically demanding than soccer, or at least college-level soccer. Plus, it was okay with his medical team. They were like, you know, try to just avoid contact sports. So, and by contact sports, they meant, like, football. I had asked about basketball and soccer, all these things I like playing with my friends. And they said, that's fine as long as it's not, like, high-impact, like, high-speed stuff. So, Ultimate did become a more viable option. I've seen some Ultimate, and with all those Frisbees whizzing around, it definitely seems like a high-intensity sport. It is high-intensity, and there's a lot of incidental impact. Mark may have underestimated that. But he was thinking, my ego is not invested in Ultimate, so I can play it more casually. Yes, yeah, so I think part of my decision to, to leave soccer was... I'm very competitive, as I had said, right? The idea that I had put all this time in, I had spent 15 years of my life like perfecting this craft, and then I was immediately going to be so much worse. So that was that was kind of what drove me to pick up Ultimate also. It was like, it's a sport I've never played, so th- there's no potential for me to like not be as good as I've ever been because I've never played before, you know? But it wasn't long until Mark was just as competitive with Ultimate as he had been with soccer, until essentially he became Ultimate Mark. I'm thinking about that first episode when he's competing really intensely with his girlfriend in art projects. Recently, I started picking up neon bending. So like you basically, you know, you stand over a flame with like glass tubing and you make neon signs by hand and it's awesome. And my girlfriend and I have turned that into a little bit of a competition. So the competitive nature doesn't leave there either because we're always down to see who can make like the better 90 degree bend relative to the other. From what you were telling me, he still seems pretty competitive out there on the soccer field, right? He does, he is, but here's the thing. It's way more balanced than a few years ago. And we think that's because of a really painful incident he had playing ultimate his last season. Yeah, no, I was just playing. I was I was playing and just like a really, really shocking pain after a dive, an ultimate dive, so like a much more painful dive than a soccer one. But um, yeah, and I just kind of couldn't go anymore. And I realized like this time I'm just not gonna even try again. Mark went to his doctor and the x-rays confirmed the long-term degeneration that often follows a spinal fusion. In our season one episode, Dr. Mohammed Biden, a neurosurgeon at the Mayo Clinic, he explained what can happen over time to the discs just below and just above a spinal fusion. Now, the other thing that people should be aware of is there's something called adjacent segment disease, where people can develop problems at the lower or upper levels. It's not unforeseeable that as the years go by, he'll begin to develop problems and a decision will have to be made on extending that fusion. Spinal pain is also a whole other species of pain so intense. Dr. Mark Stoutenberg of Temple University, he talked about this in Mark's first episode and also the need to make lifestyle changes. And so it's kind of a trade-off and I don't think our younger selves really understand what being 50 and having chronic back pain is like. 18 years old, massive spinal fusion. You know, I, I just hope people at that point would say, you know what, I got to change my lifestyle. We don't want to, but I think we have to change our lifestyle, get in the pool, do low impact exercises, find 
other ways and understand that our path in life has changed. And it's hard to do, really hard to do. It's really hard to accept limitations at a young age. So due to the fusion and also the wear and tear of ultimate, Mark's deciding to leave that sport and head back to the soccer field. But isn't that the sport he decided to leave when he was 18? It is, and it seems counterintuitive, but that's where that spinal pain comes in, telling him that he can't play ultimate anymore. We spoke with Esther Goclay, this widely consulted expert on posture and biomechanics. She has an explanation for why this decision makes sense for Mark. I happen to be very familiar with these two sports. You know, all three of my children played both soccer and ultimate frisbee, and ultimate frisbee was at a very high level. So I really know that sport from having watched it a lot. It is no minor sport to switch to from soccer. She explains how the quick directional changes of a frisbee might actually induce more collisions and thus more injuries than a soccer ball. Because in soccer, you don't know where the ball is going to be passed to, but many of the motions are predictable. And then once the ball is in your possession, you have control over what's going on with it. And with the goalie, it's less so you're leaping and jumping and so on. So there is unpredictability there, but still it's much more limited than what you meet in Ultimate Frisbee where you're colliding with a lot of people, and so on. Esther understands why Mark made this move back to the soccer goal he left behind in high school. I do think a goalie, soccer goalie, has less to contend with than an ultimate frisbee player playing full throttle. So I think that's correct calculation, but he's still at risk. It's like Mark's body has been telling him for years, please take a break. But after the spinal pain, it seems like he finally had to listen. Yeah, it must have been so hard to say goodbye to his team. Well, yes, except it seems like he hasn't really had to say goodbye. I think that one great thing about the Ultimate Community is that I didn't actually leave it. So this actually took me a really, really long time to figure out. After the spinal pain and the x-ray reports, Mark tells his ultimate friends he just can't face another season. And it's like, it was a big bummer. And I was reaching out to say, like, I worry that all of you people are going to, like, leave me behind or that we're not going to be together anymore because, like, the thing that bound us together was, like, this sport, right? I was really grateful because... So many people, former captains, former co-captains that, you know, led teams with me, you know, like they immediately were calling me up and saying, dude, like we met because of Ultimate, but like we are not only friends because of Ultimate, right? So once he realizes that his friendships aren't at risk, he's able to step away from the game. So I'm not playing as much as I used to, but I think that it took a few months and a lot of conversations to get to the point where I realized like, I'm still part of this and all of these people that I had, I still have, right? And this community that's so weird and wonderful is still there and they're still weird and they're still wonderful. And that almost makes me wanna play ultimate, even with the risk of concussions. But it also defines the bigger reason why so many people play competitive sports in the first place. 
long after high school and college, and maybe long after they should. Yeah, it's not just for individual ego or for the exercise. Also for that social dimension. Which is huge and not so well understood. So we reached out to Dr. Michelle Corellis of Northwestern University for a better understanding of the power of athletic identity and community. I am the Director of Community Engagement and faculty at the Family Institute at Northwestern University. I am also a fellow of the American Counseling Association and the Association for Applied Sports Psychology, and I am the mental health consultant for the U.S. Soccer Federation. Dr. Carulis teaches, writes, and researches on issues of sports, identity, and community. She also advises young athletes through her clinical practice. Yes, there's definitely a very significant attachment, an emotional attachment, a physical attachment to the community. And that is definitely something that I've heard throughout many different kinds of sports. It's just, you cannot find a place better than my group of athletes. They are absolutely amazing. So I think that shows another positive aspect of sport. Positive until your body starts to say otherwise. But on the negative side, again, if there is an injury, if there is some reason why you have to be separated from only that community, then that leaves a really big hole in somebody's heart and their soul. And when they focus all of their attention there and suddenly it's ripped away, that's where we start to see some really severe mental health issues that could arise. A really significant depression, potentially, including some really difficult types of grief experiences that someone might have being really just ripped away from their friends and their teammates. Mark's situation today is probably not that extreme. He's not a Division I college athlete, for example. He doesn't have that much invested in the sport. He's in his early 30s. He's got his professional colleagues. But Ultimate was clearly a lot more than a game for him. So beyond just his competitive fire that kept Mark out on the field through concussions and broken bones, it was also that need to belong to something bigger. And Esther Gokhale confirmed that in her family's experience, Ultimate Frisbee is a really cohesive community. You know, Ultimate, like Mark has noted, you know, those people still are going to be friends with them. And my kids to this day, they've retired from their sport, but they get together with people who they used to play with. If they go visit a new town, they'll stay with these people. So it has a really nice community um, spirit. And uh, I could go on and on about that. So, Rob, how's Mark doing in his new community of soccer? Is he staying healthy out there? Well, amazingly, he does seem to be injury-free, so far at least. And equally amazing, he seems completely okay with that. I haven't really had any major injuries, knock on wood, you know, over the last year and a half or two years I've been playing here. It's more like we're playing for a couple months at a time together and having a good time. So I don't, like... Partially, I think it's that I don't know if it's a, if it's as worth me risking the injury now because I don't know if the reward is as high as it would have been otherwise. But I think also in part, I just don't really love being sore at work on Mondays anymore. That's such a different identity or persona from four years ago when we first met Mark at that ultimate tournament in Boston. I'm injuries as, as hell. It'd be easy for me to name something I haven't injured. Um, and then just in the past few years, I broke my wrist. I have multiple sprains in my ankles I'm playing on right now. Broken a few fingers, multiple concussions, broken elbow. Mark may have anticipated this change when he spoke to us about a year and a half ago. 
This was after not playing much ultimate during the COVID years, and it was just after his first practice in the spring of what would be his final season. Um, I'm I'm horrible now. <laughs> um, the amount of the the rust that was coming off, I, I looked like I looked like a like a 1950s old car, like. Just every single step I took, you could physically see trails of rust coming off of me. It was, it was wild. So in just a couple of years, Mark has made a transition that many weekend warriors might make over a decade or more. Not in their early 30s, but years later. Yeah, it is kind of remarkable. And Mark's soccer teammates, they actually know very little about his spinal fusion except possibly about the zipper tattoo he had drawn over the surgical scar, which he described to them during the pregame warm-up. Yeah. My entire back is fused. When I was 18, I got surgery. It's like, I'll show you the scar later. It's thick. I think I should do this tattoo on top of my back. It's like a zipper. It's like a zipper that leads into the whole scar. Yeah, I waited like three or four years. Make sure I didn't need to get surgery again. So I didn't like cut the tattoo open. And I got a tattoo over the top of it. Except for that surgically placed tattoo, Mark's soccer community only knows post-ultimate Mark, not the ultimate Mark we interviewed four years ago. And Mark seems to like it that way. And in fact, actually, I mentioned that I was going to be doing this interview again. None of them even knew I had a back injury. In, or I, Not none, but I'd say like maybe half the people I play with right now didn't even know that I had this surgery or the severe back injury at any point because it just doesn't come up because I, I'm just not getting hurt as often. So I think I think that, uh, yeah, I think that right now the persona has been hidden and I don't think it'll come back out and I hope that it doesn't, but um, I guess we'll see if, ever, if it ever does. That's chapter two in Mark's Odyssey, the college-bound soccer athlete who became an ultimate weekend warrior and now a really good recreational soccer player. Hey, I don't know if you guys saw that the run that Nina had near the end where uh, I think Ryan had the ball on the sideline and she like cut through the middle instead of cutting out to the wide. Yeah. That's a good run good. because if she makes that run, there's a one-two option there. And who seems to have settled into a healthier, more sustainable relationship with sport and competition. Though he does yell out quite a bit more team instruction than your average soccer goalie. Oh, good hit! Grip, you smashed that thing! They're coming on, they're coming on, coming on! We'll be following post-Ultimate Mark's soccer odyssey and hoping he can stay injury and pain-free, even if that means giving up the occasional goal. But next up on My Body Odyssey, another in our occasional series of expert odysseys, this time with one of today's expert guests, Esther Gokhale. Like Mark, she suffered from severe back pain while in her 20s, pregnant with her second child. First back surgery didn't help, her decision to avoid a second surgery led her to develop the Gokhale method, practiced by thousands of people nationally and internationally to avoid and heal injuries, and now the subject of a Stanford University study. So what I would credit our method with is finding a very efficient pathway from where people are in modern cultures to where we need to go. And that pathway has been honed over the past three decades to not cause flare-ups along the way and reduce risk and to carry people as quickly as possible out of pain to a higher level of function. 
We hope you'll join us for that episode. Tell a friend or two about My Body Odyssey and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're always open to feedback here and suggestions. You can send those via social media or through our website, mybodyodyssey.com. Thanks for listening from the whole team here at My Body Odyssey, which is a Fluent Knowledge production. Original music by Ryan Adair Rooney.